When was the last time we sang O Tannenbaum? Right? At church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you may have noticed, singing the lyrics that we did today, there's no mention of a Christmas tree. Uh, the original song referred to, in the German, the Tannenbaum, which is a fir tree. Um, it was intended to use the evergreen nature of that splendid tree as a metaphor for human faithfulness, and later even hinting at God's faithfulness. It reminds me of Psalm 5710, your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Well, a 16th century, century folk song was adapted in 1819, contrasting the faithful fir tree to an unfaithful lover. Looking at life through a scriptural lens, you can probably recall the, recall the times that God and his prophets referred to Israel as an unfaithful spouse. Later, in 1824, the German organist and teacher wrote the German lyrics from which most of our translations to descend. Even today, if you search for the lyrics for O Tannenbaum or O Christmas Tree, you'll find many different versions, many different verses you've never heard. And with such an easy-to-follow folk song melody, you can probably just create your own version without very much effort at all. And it's also possible that this song played a part in the 1914 Christmas truces during World War I. At some of the battle lines where soldiers were reluctant to kill and to fight people they may have known closely just a year earlier, the appearance of candles on the German side of the line on trees and the sound of German carols sparked a temporary peace in the midst of that irrational violence and death. So in this week's Christmas devotion, I'm going to revisit the themes from last year's Christmas service and ask us to use the Tannenbaum as a metaphor to meditate on the tree of life. Next to God and humans, trees are the most mentioned living thing in the Bible. Many critical and world-changing events happened at trees. The Hebrew writers were careful to point this out and to call to mind the creation narrative when their subjects were faced with critical choices between good and bad. In the Hebrew scriptures, the word S is used for a variety of woody plants, including bushes and vines, and even the wood taken from those plants. So I'll just ask you to consider the symmetry in the creation narrative. You remember that day one mirrors day four, day two mirrors day five, day three mirrors day six a little bit. So keep that in mind. When we think of the third day, where the extra creation act filled that newly separated land with plants. In Genesis 1, verse 11, God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Well, among those plants was a special tree, one that represented God's continuous presence and self-producing life. While we had access to this tree, we could experience life unto the age, as New Testament writers often phrase it. In Genesis 2, uh, starting at verse 9, reading a few different verses, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat, you shall surely die. After precious time in the presence of God, freely taken from the tree of life, working purposefully in his design, mankind was separated from this dwelling place when we decided to make our own decisions about good and bad. We moved to a corrupted human model of morality, where before we could have learned what is right by being close to God, we now move to learning what was bad by being separated from him. But while God released us to our consequences and cursed the earth, he gave mankind a promise that though the enemy would bruise man's heel, his head would be crushed by a seed from man. The Bible is filled with images and references that compare humans to trees. You probably have a few in mind right now. Well, let's call back to that creation narrative in the symmetry. Like trees were the extra act of creation on day three, on the sixth day of creation, humans were created as an extra creation act after the animals were formed to fill the earth. Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Both man and tree are formed from the earth. Listen to the similarity of these passages with some Hebrew words in place. And the Lord God formed, or ve'yitzer, human, or adam, of dust from the ground, or min ha'adama. Now let's listen to the plants. And Yahweh God caused to sprout, ve'yitzmach, every tree from the ground, or min ha'adama. God appeared many times alongside trees on mountaintops to meet his people and direct them. Eventually, David led the nation of Israel to conquer what became known as Jerusalem, on a mountaintop, and settled in their newly, new symbol of Eden. In 2 Samuel 8, verse 10, it says, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies." Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Well, after his people spent some time in their new Eden, they returned to choosing false trees of life, those wooden idols up on high places that they used to replace their true God. And again, they were exiled from his presence, pushed out into a world of curses, but they still carried a promise of blessing. The prophet Isaiah wrote these famous words in chapter 10, verse 33, into chapter 11. Behold, the Lord God of hosts will lop the boughs with terrifying power. The great in height will be hewn down, and the lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an axe, and Lebanon will fall by the majestic one. There shall come forth the shoot from the stump of Jesse, 
and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious." And then finally, in the Gospels, we discover the seed that was promised, that grew from the root of Jesse to fulfill that promise. Jesus said of himself in John 15, verses 1 through 9, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. When Jesus arrived as the incarnation of that eternal life we saw in the tree of life. Restoring access to God's life-giving presence. The sins and consequences of his first rejection still, of our first rejection, still had to be dealt with, though. And a sacrifice had to be made. And just like all sacrifices before it, that sacrifice is fueled with the wood of a tree. New Testament authors often refer to the cross as a tree. This verse in Acts shows the reversal of fortune that as Jesus was cut down, he was also raised up to his rightful place. In Acts 5.30, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So on that hilltop, in a small forest of three trees, Jesus relived the Eden story. But where humanity had failed, he was victorious. Then he was rewarded with our punishment, and he surely died as he felt God's presence withdraw. Matthew 27, verse 45. 
Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge filled with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Through his perfect and willing atonement, we see Jesus pull the realms of heaven and earth back together as God's presence is released from the confines of the temple to indwell in all who follow his son. And now our spirits can find rest in him as we are called to seek the sun and bear fruit as a forest ever spreading across creation. But still we wait for his physical presence to return and for the garden in the form of the new Jerusalem to come. Revelation 2.7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Revelation 21 Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And in verse 10, He carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. And then in Revelation 22, the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And in verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. God, we thank you for this season as we turn our attention and meditate on what it means that you adopted our physical form, what it reminds us that we are created in your image, that you have given us through our physical bodies and through your spirit everything we need to follow you and be like you. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made. We thank you for providing the water of life for us, for giving us the opportunity to be rooted deep in your word. And we thank you for this, this lesson and this metaphor that teaches us that if we are not seeking to produce fruit, you will cut us off. But if we are seeking fruit, you will still prune us and shape us into the plant, into the creation that you want us to be. We pray that this Christmas season you would help us to look at the decorations, look at the greens, look at the Christmas trees that we place in our homes or in areas that we worship or live or work and take that moment to think about your faithfulness, that as the sun grows strong or the sun grows weak, you are there, 
that you are with us when it's dark and when it's light, that you are always faithful. You are, your steadfast love never departs from us. Mm-hmm. We pray that you would help us to learn to demonstrate that towards those around us. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank you. Thank you for what we celebrate this season. We pray that this week you would turn our hearts to you as we sing in joy about the coming of your son. Amen.